Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on Instagram. Glad to have you here with us listening to this episode. And today, it's just me. That's right. You're getting another solo Gourmet episode. I felt like it was about time for me to dive back into some of my story and some of my thoughts, um, give you a little bit of a break from the interviews, and, and let you see what's going on for me Um Today's topic, so now while I say this isn't a keto podcast, today's topic is going to be keto heavy, and that's because we're going to talk about how Gourmet went keto or how Gourmet goes keto, Uh, what brought me to the ketogenic diet, what was the the journey that brought me here, we've we've gone into that a little bit already, but I want to talk specifically about my diet progression, and then we're going to talk about how I have approached keto for the past two and a half years. I want to try to answer some questions that some of you have asked and also just give you a little information about my perspective on keto, who's it for, who's it not for. You know, again, I'm not a doctor, so remember all the advice and things I say today are just coming from me and from my experience. I'm not telling you what to do, I'm not telling you what the best path is for you, but I'm trying to share what I've gone through so that you have some reference and you also can, can maybe look into some of these resources that I'm going to talk about. So obviously, keto's in my name on Instagram, also on Twitter, and it's a big part of my experience on this journey is the ketogenic diet. So how did I get here? Uh, as if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I've always been a big kid, always been a fat guy. I started my first diet when I was 10. That was Weight Watchers. My family put me on Weight Watchers. After that, I did Weight Watchers again in high school, so I was a Weight Watchers kid. I knew all about counting points and all of those things. This was back before the free foods and how Weight Watchers is now, so honestly, I don't have any current experience with Weight Watchers. I went through college, and in college was where I started uh, to try some different diets. That was when I got heavy into deal a meal, the Richard Simmons plan. You know, you had a wallet and cards, and it was very simple to follow. So that was one that worked out uh, for me then. Obviously, I was not a success with it, but it was something that I did successfully for a while. There, you're counting calories and, and you know portions and things along those lines based on the cards, the number of cards you're quote-unquote dealt for the day. Again, nothing about macros, nothing about eliminating anything, nothing, no thoughts there. After college, I was looking for something else to try. I I wanted to find something that I thought might be good for me. I was dabbling in the the burgeoning internet then, chat groups and chat rooms and those sorts of things. And I had recommended to me a diet called the Carb Addicts Diet, uh, the Carb Addicts Plan, or maybe Carb Carb Addicts Diet, CAD, was the first iteration. Eventually, it evolved to be the Carb Addicts Lifespan Plan, But it was two doctors who put it together, and the idea with their plan was you ate two low-carb meals. Breakfast and lunch were low-carb. You ate vegetables, meat, and some fat. And then you had your reward meal at night. And the reward meal in the first version of the book was a little less structured than it eventually became. But basically, you started with a salad. You had to start with two cups of salad, some dressing. That was fine. And then you took your plate, and you divided it in thirds, and you did protein, low-carb veggies, and then whatever you wanted your carb reward to be for the day. So that could be potatoes, that could be pasta, that could be Ben & Jerry's ice cream, that could be a donut, but you balanced everything visually. And if you wanted more of anything, you had to have more of everything so that there was balance. 
basically their diet was creating this structure so that it was low carb overall or lower carb overall. And you weren't able to just go crazy at the reward meal. And for me, it was, I was successful with that. I liked how I felt, especially when I was eating the low-carb meals. And had some great success, but as you all know, I tend to fall off things in my past. So I did again. And I went back to it a couple times, uh, several times actually, but never, never really stuck with it. There was always something about that reward meal that seemed to cause problems for me. I would let it get out of control, which I think makes sense when you're trying to figure out to eat enough protein and green vegetables to balance a pint of Ben and Jerry's, you know, you've got an issue. After that, you know, there was a bit of a break in my history, my diet time. I didn't really do much for many years. And I eventually, um, and this was, I, that was when I soared past 500 pounds, stayed over 500 pounds for several years. And I eventually came to paleo. Paleo and Primal. Uh, the Whole30 specifically was one of the things I discovered. I, I was looking back into weight loss and health and getting into reading more about ingredients and nutrient density and the importance of sourcing our ingredients well. And to me, the Whole30 stood out. The Whole30 is a 30-day food, basically a food reset where you, you eliminate a lot of foods, take them out for 30 days so you can see how you feel when you don't eat those foods. And then it puts into place a plan for you to reintroduce those foods. And you, can, and you do it methodically, and you don't do them all at once. So you're taking out grains. You're taking out dairy. You're taking out seed oils. You're taking out peanuts, legumes, uh, things along those lines. And you reintroduce them at the end of the 30 days at the pace that you want to choose and they give you some structure and some ideas. Uh, Melissa Hartwig and Dallas put to, Dallas Hartwig put together uh, a great a great program for you to understand your relationship to food. It's not a weight loss plan. It's not a diet plan. It's not something you're supposed to do forever. It is a program that's supposed to give you 30 days to re-explore your relationship with food if that's something that challenges you. And I think if you approach it properly and how they recommend. The Whole30 is a very powerful tool for anyone, keto, non-keto, whatever, whatever world you're living in. I think the Whole30 is something that is really, really great. And there's some incredible people um, pushing for healthier food to exist in that sphere. For me, it launched me into following a more paleo diet where I was eating mostly meat and, and low-carb vegetables because I knew for me that when I ate the carbier stuff, I had trouble. But I did still eat sweet potatoes every so often squashes, things along those lines. And that was when I lost all my weight the first time, when I came down to 210 pounds in 2013. Obviously, you know if you've listened, that I regained the weight. I put back quite, an amount, quite, a, quite a serious amount of weight very quickly and uh, was pushing 500 pounds again and stayed there for a few years. I never gave up that drive to find out what might be the right health plan for me, though. I never gave up on finding a tool that was going to help me uh, lose weight, maintain the weight loss, and also address the physical addiction I felt to food. And I'm going to put it out there right now that I believe that in addition to having psychological issues with food and with eating and all of that, we, we can develop physical addictions to food. Like sugar specifically um, can be very addicting for people. Those comfort foods, but they, you know, potatoes, pasta, um, Things along those lines. And obviously the hyperpalatable desserts, ice creams, candies, cookies, all of them. You know, that brightly the most brightly colored aisles in the supermarket. 
they're engineered to create a physical want in us so that we buy more. So there I was back in the high 400s again, and I knew I needed to do something. I knew I needed to try something. It was 2016 when I first discovered the ketogenic diet, really. I, I found the book Fitness Confidential by Vinnie Tortorich, and I read that book, and Vinnie talks about no sugars, no grains. That's his philosophy, something he's used for many, many years. I uh, never had a name for it outside of that, like didn't say keto, didn't say low-carb, no sugars, no grains, because that gives you a very kind of clear, clear perspective on what you're eating. And Vinny's book was great. It gave me some great ideas. Uh, I also discovered Jimmy Moore's book, Keto Clarity, which was my first introduction to the big K, the big K word. And I looked at these plans and I realized that they allowed me to eat foods that I really enjoyed and found satiating, like bacon, meats, all of that. And vegetables that I really had come to love. For I will say for me, like I was someone who was never really that big into vegetables. I was raised on potatoes and corn. Potatoes and corn were our vegetables. We also would have peas, but I stayed away from them. Every so often you'd get that mix that was corn, peas, and carrots. And don't get me started on staying away from those carrots. Um, I was very much, I, I grew up in a, a mostly Irish family, you know, and also so, some British so, you know, our, at our roots, potatoes were there for us. Um, so in whatever form they came in, I was a, definitely a potato addict. And when I came into paleo, I discovered a whole other world of, of vegetables and fruits that I had never tried before. I, I, I lived my life in one lane pretty much when it came to food. So paleo introduced me to so many different vegetables that I hadn't tried yet. And open my, my eyes to how great they can taste when you're not covering them in sugar and syrups and all of those things that a lot of times we do uh, with our food to make it, quote unquote, more palatable. But when you take that away, and maybe you do put some olive oil or some homemade vinaigrette or some butter on your vegetables, we enhance the flavors. We add some salt. We, we pop them a little bit. And you find out that vegetables have different tastes. They're all not the same green mush at all. So if you're one of those people listening who's terrified of vegetables, find one, try a new one. That's one of your challenges I'm going to leave you with after this episode. But I want you to get out there and to try something new. So I, I came into this idea of, of doing keto because these, these books I read made sense. The concepts made sense. I, I, I wanted to feel that sense of control that they talked about. You know, without those massive blood sugar swings brought on by all the sugar, without all, by all the carbs, feel a greater sense of, of, of control for myself. That was important to me. And I did some more reading. Um, I dabbled in it a little bit in 2016, but fell off very quickly. I wasn't taking it seriously enough. And I discovered um, The Obesity Code by Jason Fung, and that opened my, my eyes to the world of fasting and learning more about, you know, there's, there's some things he talks about that he holds fast to that I don't think are 100% accurate um, in terms of his intense focus on the insulin response being the primary driver of everything, but I do think it's a component of, of what we deal with. So I knew keto what, what was, would be what came next for me when, I, when and if I tried something. If you're a listener or you follow me on Instagram, you know that I talk a lot about my why. My body was falling apart. I, I was undiagnosed diabetic, undiagnosed sleep apnea, but showed signs and symptoms of all of them. 
I had open wounds that would leak clear fluid on my swollen legs. I could barely stand. My breathing was awful. I, I was a wreck. I was falling apart. And I didn't care. I, I had put my hands in, into the... My responsibility was taken out of my own hands. I put it into food. And as long as I could eat, I didn't care about what came next. And then, as you know, I found reasons to live. I found reasons that my life meant more than I was giving it credit for. My life was more important to other people. And I had responsibilities to other people. So I started to work on that. I started to figure out ways that I could live. I realized that I wanted to live for one of the first times in my life. And I think the desire to live is always there in us. We fight for it all the time. But I think it's powerful to say it out loud and to make it a clear intention that I want to live. So I did that. And I determined that the keto diet would be the tool for me because it seemed to be all of the pieces coming together for my journey up to that point. The different diets I had tried, all of the pieces that resonated most to me led me to the keto diet. So I dove into gathering information. Like I said, I read Jimmy's book. I read Vinny's book. I read Dr. Fung's books. I dove into the works of Gary Taubes. I'm very much a researcher and a reader. I want to find, I want physical books in my hand that have information. So Gary Taubes, Why We Get Fat was another one of those books that was an eye-opener for me. Like really made me realize, wow, there's a lot of things I don't think about. Like my previous experience with the Whole30 had taught me that food impacts us, but I hadn't really put it in perspective about how much the food I was eating was driving these challenges I was facing. For me, it, I was always thinking it was just the bad choices I was making. And those were still a big part of it. But I, I think what I want to encourage you is to start to think about your weight loss challenge, not just as an either or. It's not either physical. It's not either mental. It's not either cultural. It's not developmental. It's all of those things. And we have to become masters of all of them. We have to find ways that allow us to take control in all of those areas. And for me, that took me to keto. Now, up until that point, my Instagram had been more of a bit of a fat guy sideshow. Um, I used to like to show off um, what I was eating and make kind of jokes and a lot of self memes and things along those lines. And then I decided I needed to cover the journey that I was heading on to. And at first, I thought it would be good to start another account, to, to break myself away from the old account. And then I realized that that would be disingenuous. I needed to document what I was going through for the people that watched me go through the life I had been living to one, see who else would come along and two, show the people that knew me as the lazy glutton that, that there was more to me. There was more to my experience that I wanted to share with them. So I, I started the keto diet. How did I approach the keto diet first? Um, there's a lot of information out there about different ways to do keto. Um, you can track macros tightly. You can track calories tightly. You can just follow, get a ketogenic food list, you know, quote unquote, keto approved foods. You can count net carbs. You can count total carbs. There's five or six that, that I know of personally, different macros calculators that'll give you different numbers when you look at them. How, how was I going to figure out what to do? I mean, I had looked, I, I relied heavily on the site ruled dot me, R-U-L-E-D dot M-E, ruled dot me for recipes and food ideas. And there's some great overviews of, of keto on there, some basics. Also, the site dietdoctor.com has a great introduction to low-carb eating on it. 
They have some resources that you pay for, but the introduction stuff is free. You don't need to worry about buying meal plans from someone, you know, when you're looking at getting started with this. You can you can find those lists. If you need them, great. But just don't think I'm sending you there to tell you to buy things from those people. I'm just telling you that they have some great resources that I know that I used a lot. Especially on dietdoctor.com, they have some visual representations of the different low-carb vegetables. So you get to know what some things that you don't know are, what they look like before you go to the store and try to find them yourself. It can be a little intimidating to head into that produce section when all you've known is corn, potatoes, maybe green beans. You're looking for radicchio, you're looking for arugula, you're looking for these words that you can barely pronounce. So dietdoctor.com has some great visual resources. I decided for me that to start, I was just going to go back to eliminating added sugars, I was going to um, get, a, get out of grains again, take grains away, even if they were in something that was quote-unquote low-carb or keto. I was going to take grains out of my diet because I knew from my Whole30 experiences that I felt better when I did that. But I wasn't necessarily going to start counting or tracking. I was 470 pounds in February of 2017, and I knew cutting back initially was going to help. So I started eating ketogenic foods. I started basically without really using a calculator trying to keep it to 25 to 30 net carbs a day i kept more of a running tally in my head fat and protein i wasn't counting i was eating to satiation i was trying to eat a little more fat than i was protein just because that seemed to be something that people talked about and seemed to work for people and i i jumped into it i'm an all or nothing person i can't spend too much time analyzing something or i get paralyzed i get I, I think it's Keto Savage. He likes Robert likes to say a lot, uh, paralysis by analysis. Uh, I suffer from paralysis by analysis a lot. So I have to start. So I started, and I had great results at first. The weight started dropping off. I was doing really well, and I, I kept to that 25 grams of net carbs. And I did eventually start to, to not necessarily track it on a, in a journal or anything along those lines, but I was actually counting every day. How many do I have left? What am I doing? And just keeping track in my head. That was easy because I wasn't worrying about calories, proteins, or fats or anything at all. It's something that people would call more of a lazy keto approach or a dirty keto approach. Dirty keto because I was eating uh, a lot of those keto products, you know, baking mixes, ice creams, Halo Top, um, using artificial sweeteners without much discrimination. Uh, the only one I, written, I, never, I really kept away from was aspartame because aspartame causes headaches in me, really bad headaches, so I stayed away from that. But beyond that, I, I enjoyed a lot of things, Lily bar, Lily's bars, nut butters, um, and it soon became apparent, uh, as much as my weight loss was going well, that I was having trouble controlling some foods. We came to the end of the summer of that year, of, of 2017, and I had been doing keto since February, uh, had stayed pretty much on plan really well, and as is the norm for me, or as Telecron would say, Miles, who I interviewed before, as is tradition, I went on vacation, did really well on vacation, came home and fell completely off the wagon. I took a month off from keto. I Honestly, I don't remember why I decided to do it. I think it was just that I missed those foods, I missed that experience, and I decided to see what would happen. And I think we all can tell what happened. I put on 40 pounds in a month and realized, whoa, something needs to change. You need to go back to keto. And 
I bring this up not because I want to tell you about a blip in my journey, but because I want you to know that it is possible to fall off and get back on. And that's something in my life that I never was able to do. But that is something that keto, even just the way I was doing it, gave me an edge. So I knew if I went back to eating that way, those cravings would start to go away. So I had a horrible week back. That first week back on keto, it was horrible. I was raging cravings, headaches, bloated, not feeling great. And after a week, I was back in the zone. I was back focused. And I I got back on it. Um, A few months later is when I got sick. I was down over 100 pounds at that time. And that's when I developed my pneumonia. If you know my story, you know that I went to the hospital. It almost killed me. It was a life-changing experience because it reintroduced me to doctors and got me back to getting my health really checked by other people so I knew where I was at. Uh, It also was for the first time where I had like my blood sugar, my A1C checked, my cholesterol, all of those things. I had a sleep apnea test. A lot really happened. I had some rigorous heart testing done. And the big thing that I took away from it all was the doctors said, keep doing what you're doing. You're saving your life. Keep doing what you're doing. You're saving your life. So there are people out there who say keto's not for them. Keto's not important. Just control your calories. And yes, I'm going to dive into this a little bit more in, in a bit. But I, I want you to realize that doctors realize that for me, this was a tool that was literally saving my life. So they encouraged it. So I, I got back in. I, I stayed keto in the hospital. That was a challenge. I hoarded butter packets. My sister snuck in some holiday, that gingerbread halo top they introduced that year. Delicious. Also got stolen from the fridge on the floor several times, even with notes left on it. Uh, I guess people saw Halo Top and decided free-for-all. But I was proud that I stayed keto in the hospital because it was very hard. There were times where I was being brought hospital meals that were a couple of ounces of dry chicken and some undressed salad. And luckily I had the butter packets, and some olive oil, and some other things I brought with me. And then I had a lot of great friends and family bringing me uh, better food. You know, So I wasn't starving in the hospital by any means. Don't worry about that. But I stayed keto, and I came out of it with a greater resolve that this was going to be how I saved my life, that I wanted to live, I was doing the right thing. So I went back to doing keto the the way I was, lazy keto. Um, Still keto cookies, And at this point, so many products are exploding on the market. I wanted to try them all. So I was trying a lot of things. I was buying nut butters by the case, it seemed like. And as we went through 2018, things started to happen. I was still eating keto. I was still keeping that 25 net grams of carbs done. But come the end of that summer, my weight loss basically stopped. It stopped. And and I'm big on telling you that one week isn't a stall. Two weeks isn't a stall. A month is barely a stall. So I waited until I had gone two months without losing a pound. And then I started to notice that I was gaining weight. I had gotten down to 280 pounds and I was up to the 290s again. And I realized I was losing control of this intuitive eating I was doing. This lazy keto wasn't working for me anymore. So I had to do some reassessment. Now in the past... That's when I would say, diet doesn't work, quit it. But I said, no, there's something here that's working. What tools am I not using? What haven't I tried yet? What else can I do? I didn't want to give up on myself. I didn't want to give up on that drive. So 
I started looking deeper into what people, other people were doing in the keto sphere. How were they having success? And one thing became apparent that when you have severe food issues, whether it's a food addiction or a binge eating problem or just a massive weight problem in general, which means you probably have some kind of underlying undiagnosed issue with food. And by massive, I'm meeting people like myself who were hundreds of pounds overweight. Sometimes the way our brains look at food intuitively doesn't work. We can start to get our hormones in line to help control our hunger hormones by eating keto, but our brains are still telling us to eat more. And that's what was happening for me. I was overeating on keto foods. So I wasn't eating anything off my plan. I wasn't doing anything quote unquote wrong. I was just eating too much. And that's dirty. These are dirty words. I know some of you in the keto sphere listening right now are not going to be happy to hear me saying I was eating too much. There were too many calories because we know that it's not as simple as calories in, calories out. But calories in and calories out still matter, in my opinion. I knew I needed to start tracking my macros, get more serious about that, and I needed to start looking at where my calories were. So I went back to those keto macros calculators. I went to ketosavage.com. I went to ketogains.com. I went on rule.me. I went on ketoconnect.net. I looked at all of them, and I was getting different answers and different ideas, and I was lost. Like, I literally felt lost, and I, I had some trouble with hope then because I really was starting to feel like, I don't know how to do this or if I can. I, I doubted myself. You know, those self-doubts that we all have came in and came into swing really full. And I realized that I needed some help. And I needed to start look for, looking for tools that would help me. So I looked for other areas in the keto arena. I, I saw that there were programs like Deeper State Keto, which is a 90-day keto, like strict keto program. I saw the boot camps from Keto Gains as an opportunity. Uh, I looked into several different things. And then I also started looking into different coaching opportunities. As someone who's stubborn and pigheaded, coaching was probably the last thing I wanted to do. But I realized that I needed to give it some more attention and see maybe even if I just did it for a short time, it could be helpful for me to have someone helping me get a little more direction. It also happens, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. God works in mysterious ways. Different people are brought into your life. Around this time was when I connected with Jonathan Shane, the Keto Road, who you all know is my coach. And we connected as keto friends on Instagram. He wasn't even a coach at that point. And we were talking about what I was going through, what he was going through. And I had mentioned that I was starting to look into coaching. And he brought up one day, hey, bud, I just want to let you know that I'm going to start working as a deeper state keto coach. No pressure. But if it's something you're interested in exploring, let's talk. You know, really wasn't a sales pitch. It was more of, I know this is something you're thinking about. What do you think about this idea? And I, I looked into what the keto, the deeper state keto coaching involved. I looked at the cost. The cost is not cheap. You know, for me, I looked at that cost and thought, okay, we're going to have to do some planning. But I knew the sincerity and honesty in Jonathan. And I knew that I, I trusted the information I'd already gotten from him. And I needed to do something. So I decided to take a leap, take a leap of faith, take a risk and, and dive in. I started that coaching with Jonathan in the middle of October of 2018. I was 293 pounds at our first weigh-in 
and working with the Deeper State Code. Deeper State Keto Coaching, you weigh daily so you can track trends and see things that are affecting your weight. And we got started. And I don't want this, I'm not going to turn this into a commercial for them, but I am going to say that Jonathan helped me figure out how to understand tracking macros, finding an app that would really work for me. I use Chronometer if you're interested. Uh, if you don't want to pay for the, the pay version of Chronometer, there's one that has ads. I think chronometer is great because it allows you to track, mac track macronutrients and micronutrients and keep an eye on those all-important electrolytes when you're on the keto diet. So we, we figured those tools out. He helped me figure out a week of eating. And for me, I was someone who always said I have to have variety. I have to have variety in my food. But for a week, I ate the same thing every day so that I could get used to the fat-to-protein ratios, Working with total carbs, not net carbs, which is a big change. And those are some things I should probably talk about. So some of the big pieces that come out when you work in, with the Deeper State Keto program or with Deeper State Keto Coaching is you count total carbs, not net carbs. Net carbs means that you subtract fiber and sugar alcohols from the carb amount on a food that you're going to eat, and that leaves you with your net carbs. Total carbs is you look at the carb number, and that's what the total carbs is per serving. Different approaches. I think for me, what I've learned is that by counting total carbs, you can't figure out ways to screw around with your macros and fit in things that are trigger foods for yourself. And also, we digest different amounts of the different sugar alcohols and the different types of fibers because not all fiber is the same. And so we're not exactly, it's not exactly a zero sum. So I think by counting total carbs, even if you allow yourself more total carbs than I eat, I eat 10 grams a day right now you're still in a better place than you are with net carbs. If you love net carbs, that's great. I'm not telling you to change. I'm giving you my opinion on total carbs. I, I think for me, when I have people ask me how to handle stalls, when I, when I encourage them to switch to total carbs, they see a difference. So it's just something to think about. Because it also, by switching to total carbs, you take away a lot of those foods, like heavy on the Quest bars and things along the protein bars and those sorts of things that are very palatable and great, but can sometimes lead to overeating. So I started coaching and I started losing weight and we even took my calories up from where they were. Like we did an assessment to figure out where my calories were at. And then Jonathan wanted to determine where my, my maintenance level is at. But even as we approached that maintenance level, I was still losing, losing weight pretty steadily. And then we started cutting and that's a slow reduction of calories. Take them down. Don't keep them extremely low for long. Go back up. Uh, we're actually coming back down again right now. I'm still working with him. I have another 23 pounds that I would like to lose to hit my goal weight of 199 pounds. But how I approach keto has evolved. I started in that place of lazy keto. I'm now more for myself. I see the benefit of doing some strict tracking. For me... And it's funny because I think some people say you're trading one food obsession for another. And I honestly, I don't think it's the same. I, from, I honestly do think that by putting in place some strict tracking with my food, I'm given a little more freedom in my life. I worry less about food. I worry less about what's coming next and when it's happening and what's going on because I know it's all planned out for me. And I plan it myself. I, I'm not given meal plans. I'm given my macros and my calorie level. I'd make the decisions about the food that I eat. And I think that also, 
allows me to have some enjoyment in what I'm doing. I get to figure out every day what I'm going to do. As I, I've said in other episodes of this show before, and I hope you're still listening, um, I'm a food addict. I, I have a severe food obsession that ruled my life for decades. It was all I thought about and all I cared about. And as much as other diets and even doing lazy keto had helped me reduce my hunger and my obsession slightly, it's been these past nine months that I've really broken free of that addiction and obsession, that I've been able to find the freedom. I don't think that tracking strict keto is the 100% reason that that's possible. I think by using that tool, by working with a coach, I've allowed myself to put in place structure and tools that I need to physically deal with the addictive side of my eating, and then also psychologically deal with it, address the issues that come up, identify my challenges, and be more open to discussing those challenges so I can keep them outside of myself, so I can assess them better. I'm someone that I problem solve inside, and I don't share what's going on with people traditionally. And by getting into a coaching relationship, I've realized that I have to take it out of myself. And sometimes when you put your problems in the light of day, it's easier to see them for what they really are. They're not as, as monstrous and out of control as they become inside of our own heads. So that's been a big part of, of this transition for me, for finding the tools that work. So am I saying this is for you? No. Let's, let's start to talk about that. You, you, you've seen my evolution. But let's talk about keto in context of who do I think keto is for, um, for my perspective. For me, one, I, I'll lay it out there. I do think that every person could benefit from a keto diet. I think every person could. I don't think every person has to. I, I think there are some people like um, Alex Poro, who I've interviewed. Alex does not eat ketogenic. He eats chicken and rice every day, and those are his meals, and that works for him. He found what works for him. But if you're someone out there who's tried calorie counting diets, who's tried Weight Watchers, who's tried diets that keep those carbs around, and you've never experienced a reduction in your cravings and appetite, keto is something for you to look into. When you start to work on the metabolic damage that you've done to your body being overweight, especially if you're someone who's been extremely overweight, you've caused hormonal and metabolic problems with your body based on what you've been eating. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to dig into that 100%. There's a ton of people out there, Mike Metzl, Paul Saladino, a lot of great researchers. Go on to, there's podcasts, um, there's, you know, all different kinds of resources out there for you to look more into that. What I'm going to say is, I, I know for me that I made those, I did that damage with the food I ate. And by eating keto, I've started to repair the damage. I've started to make my hormone levels, especially when it comes to hunger hormones, become something that are more in line with how they should be as a person. So I don't have raging, painful, crying fits anymore because I'm hungry, which I used to have when I dieted. Even when I first started keto, you know, I talked about white knuckling all the time. Every meal I ate lit a fire inside of me that made me want more, no matter what it was. It could have been a, a grilled chicken on lettuce salad drizzled with a little olive oil, and I want more. I want something else. I crave something. And now I can eat my meals and be satiated. 
I found the tools that work for me. I've realized that keto gave that to me in a lot of ways, you know. So if you're someone that struggles, um, and I do think anyone who is dealing with a, with a food addiction or a binge eating disorder or an eating disorder of any kind should seek professional help from a doctor, from a counselor, find someone who can really help you because not everything can be solved just by changing what you eat. Um, I think it can be a powerful tool to help. I don't think it's the end all be all. But if you're someone that deals with those raging hunger issues, try looking into a lower carb way of eating or a keto diet to see if it helps. If it doesn't, great. If it does though, imagine what, what you've, you've discovered for yourself. Finding, it's like buried treasure that you didn't know was there. So I, I do want to encourage people to think about that if it is something you're considering. If you're doing something else that's working great for you, that, that's fantastic. And I think there are other ways of eating that do great things for people. Uh, but I know for me, this was the way uh, that led me to find a little bit of freedom when it came to my food. So when people ask me, they, I, I get messages on Instagram a lot. Gourmet, how do I keto? How do I do this? What do I do? I direct people to those books and websites I talked about earlier. And I say, do your research. You need to know that this is a sustainable way of living for you. Because once you start eat, going back to the standard American diet type eating, your cravings and your hungers are going to come back. It's going to come back. Trust me. I've been through it a lot. It will come back. So you need to know if this is something sustainable for you. If it's something you might be able to then find the strength to work on transitioning to something else in a methodical way. I think that's the missing piece sometimes. We end diets and we don't think about what comes next in any way that allows for a methodical structure that builds off of what we've already done. So if you use keto as a weight loss tool or as a, a tool to help you with a fitness venture and then decide you want to go back to using carbs, think about how you reintroduce those carbs. Do something methodical with it. Find a plan, reverse diet, work with a coach, utilize resources, and don't just jump right back into a package of Oreos because now you can eat them. Think about how you used to relate to those foods and think about that before you bring them back in. That's really my advice when it comes comes to that. I, I think the big picture here is that you've seen the memes. Weight loss isn't a straight line. A weight loss journey isn't a straight line. We have our ups and downs, our peaks and our valleys, and we have to do our own detective work. I want you to be your best advocate. For me, that meant finding keto, tweaking keto, and seeking out resource, resources that helped me. That meant changing my budget so I can afford to work with a coach for as long as I need to. Putting that out there that that's important to me. You have to make yourself a priority. Make your health a priority. And start to look into what might be tools that could be helpful for you. Is it keto? It could be. It might not be. I would love to say that every person who does keto has the exact same results and experience as me, but we know that that's not true. Some of you out there listening are probably saying, yeah, that's not what happened for me at all when I tried keto. And some of you have had more amazing results than me and have done incredible things. But realize that it is a tool. I do want to address, I, I said I would talk about calories in, calories out, and if it fits your macros and how those things come into play with keto. Um, like I said, I think there's a bigger picture that Someone who hasn't dealt with food issues and food addiction and food obsession 
does not understand when they just say, eat less, move more to you. And there are some people out there that have used those resources. And I know, you know, whenever we give any examples, you're going to get feedback where someone says, well, I did that and it worked for me. So don't say it doesn't work. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is I encourage you to think about the quality of the food that you're eating, what types of ingredients you're picking, and don't just shoot for specific numbers. Don't just look for things that taste a certain way. Be mindful when it comes to how you approach food. So yes, that may mean that you need to count calories and you may need to look at how many calories you're burning at some point. But that doesn't mean you can't also think about what you're eating. You don't just have to eat 1,500, 2,500, 3,500 calories of uh, marshmallow fluff and, you know, I don't know, McDonald's burgers. And for someone, that might work for them. Like, honestly, you, you look at that, like, there was the documentary many years ago, Supersize Me, where uh, the gentleman ate McDonald's for 30 days and put on weight and his health went downhill. So someone else responded and ate McDonald's for 30 days and lost weight. It's possible. But for me, it's harder when I do things like that. It's harder. Life is hard enough. Why wouldn't I use a tool that helps me? Why wouldn't I look to use something that gives me greater freedom? And to all the naysayers out there who say they can't do keto because it's too restrictive and it's you have to quote unquote live your life. I call BS on that. We've lived our lives. We're living no matter what we eat and what we do. Living life doesn't have anything to do with food. That's a hard truth. It really is. I used to celebrate every moment of my life with food. But I'm going to tell you again. Your life isn't dependent on the type of food you eat. It's just dependent on you having enough food to live. And yes, there are, there are cultural traditions and celebrations where food has an importance. But we give it that importance. And we can choose how we interact in those events. The choices we make. And sometimes it means finding a, a tool like keto to help you have better control in those situations. And I know people. Uh, I've got a friend. He goes on vacation. He's keto. On vacation, he's not keto at all. He knows when he comes back, he's going to have gained weight. He's going to deal with bloating and those feelings and all of that. But that's an okay price for him to pay. For me, I can't do that because I don't trust my control with food. And I know where it leads to for me. Realize that you're your own experiment. And it's going to end up being about what works best for you and what you can do. I know a lot of guys, like I'm in the Keto Man's Club on Facebook, which is a great group if you're a guy out there. It's the Fat Guy Forum, so maybe you are a guy out there. If you're interested in keto, find the Keto, keto Man's Club on, on Facebook. It's not for beginners to the keto diet, for people who want to go and ask questions about how to keto, but it's for people who know about the keto diet, have been doing it, and want a community of men for support. It's a great, great group. But I, I know in there, I see guys talking about how on the weekend they drink beer or they drink different things. Um, those are things that I choose not to do, but it doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong by doing it. There is no one way to do any diet. There's your way. So that's what I really want to leave you with. I don't want to ramble on. I've talked a lot about how I found my way to keto and what it did for me. Um, clearly, it's doing something well. I started keto at 470 pounds. I'm down to 222 pounds right now, and I'm shooting for those to keep those goals going. I'm feeling stronger. My gym workouts are great. 
Uh, I'm hitting the goals that I want to hit. So I hope that wherever you are in your journey, beginning, ending, middle, one quarter of the way in, um, you're finding the tools that work for you. If you want to talk to me about keto or anything, any, any, any facet of weight loss or life, you know where you can find me. On the Instagram, at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. On Twitter, at Gourmet goes keto. No spaces, dashes, or anything. At Gourmet goes keto. Or you can email the podcast at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. I really look forward to hearing from you. Maybe seeing what your experience has been with keto. Is there anything I didn't cover in this topic today that you wished I had? Anything specific you wanted to know more about? Do you want me to dive into what I was specifically eating and what I eat now? Is that something you'd like to see or like to hear us talk about? Or maybe have someone come on and talk about um, how, those, how you can put meals together and things along those lines. That's just some thoughts I'm having right now as I wrap this up. Thank you again for your time. As always, I really appreciate it. I look forward. We've got some really exciting interviews coming up on the show. And, and I've got some other topics I want to dive into. So I'm excited for you to keep listening. Again, this is your host, Gourmet. Reminding you, every day do something to amaze yourself because you're an amazing person. We don't always realize that, but we are. We are powerful individuals who can do some really great things. So amaze yourselves, my friends. Take care of yourself. I'll be talking to you real soon. Catch you next time on the Fat Guy Forum.